everyone. Welcome to this community episode of the Motherkind podcast. I am so happy that you are here. I love these community episodes. I feel so connected and supported by hearing your stories and I hope you're loving them too. This week I chat to Alex who shares how uncovering her real values and what is really important to her in motherhood and life has completely changed how she approaches her life as a mum of two. I hope you really love it. Here it is. Oh, well, Alex, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to hear your story and a bit more about you. Oh, I'm super happy to be here. Complete privilege. Oh, well, we met very early days of Motherkind. I ran a workshop called Becoming Mum, I think, and you came along. So how many years ago is that? You have to remind me. So that's going to be five years ago because I was very early pregnant with my first child who was turning five in September. So it was probably about this time, a bit before this time, five years ago. So a long time ago. Yeah, because that workshop was one of the first things that I ever did. I pitched it as the only pregnancy workshop you'll go to where we don't really talk about birth or the baby because I wanted it to all be about the mum. And I remember we talked about boundaries and looking after ourselves and postpartum care. Tell me about your experience then of becoming a mum for the first time and were you able to put into place some of those things that we were chatting about on that workshop? Yeah, so I think becoming a mum first time I think I felt like I was pretty ready for it. He was two weeks overdue, so I had all my time to kind of get my head in the game. I have to admit, when it actually happened, when he was born, it just hit me like a ton of bricks, if I'm honest. Um, I thought I was ready. I thought, I mean, I don't think you are ever ready. But I felt like everything I'd learned up until then helped me, all the things that I gathered, but it was still an utter shock when he actually arrived. I couldn't comprehend how little they would sleep or if they did sleep, it would be on you or you're walking with them in the pram. Uh, I didn't understand what that would do to me, the frustrations. I kind of expected to love him. I did have a massive surge of love and huge love for him, but I found equally it to be incredibly dull. I found it to be incredibly monotonous. I found myself quite lonely and isolated. And I felt like everything I'd learned beforehand supported me but it was still almost not enough for the shock that came from him actually arriving and me being there I think that's one of the things I think about all the time like imagine if we could I know lots of pregnant people listen to the podcast and you know many others amazing resources that are out there but in a way you can't really prepare yourself until you're in it it's such a strange thing isn't it yeah and you can't it was such an utter shift for my life. Like prior to that, I was working five days. I was in the city. I was doing deals. Some of the days when I was pregnant, I was working 12, 14 hours. I loved it, but I wanted to be there. I really enjoyed it. And I kind of wanted to show up and I wanted to show that you could do it. It was a bit of a kind of strange push that I wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to be doing all these things. And the utter shock of then that all went and I was at home with a baby and I waved my husband off to work and he was gone for 11 hours of the day. I just remember it closed the door and it was sort of silence until the baby cried. And I just, it was just the utter shock and nothing that prepared me for before organizing and planning and controlling everything and just working harder. That just doesn't cut it with a newborn. Some planning helps, but not really. <laughs> You're just left with yourself and with a child trying to read every book you can, but then you soon realize that that is a fool's game as well. 
I realized that as well. Tell us about that control. Cause I think, you know, it's not just with newborns, is it? I think it's the whole way through the motherhood journey and the parenting journey is grappling with that, you know, sense of so wanting to do this really, really important thing so well. And I think trying to control everything and make it perfect is definitely where I struggled. Tell us about that for you. I definitely have as my default for anxiety is to switch into perfectionism and wanting things to be done a certain way. And when they're like that, I will be safe. My baby will be safe. And probably same with work. And it always rewarded me in the past. You know, I always worked really hard, got my grades, worked hard, deals at work, promotions. But again, when you flip onto the other side and you have a baby, that's just not how it is. And I found that hugely disorientating to be left without some of those tools. And I tried to, you know, the control crying and I couldn't ever do it. Um, but I felt like I should be doing it. I felt like if I could have only done that, then that would be the route to my issues. And then I remember working actually with a coach who said to me, you know, like, just go with your baby's rhythms, just be with them, just be in this moment with them. And it just made such a difference to me. It just sort of unlocked my softness to it all. And I embraced it and I just sat with it. And I then looked inwards and I looked at what can he teach me. And a lot of it was around patience. A lot of it was around sitting with something that I'm resisting, like seeing the joy in tiny situations, seeing the joy in stacking bricks. You know, sometimes you would feel like you're losing your mind, but just going back to the bare bones, this is what we're doing. This is where we're at and not wanting it to be different. And that just massively helped me. It's amazing that shift, isn't it? And I talk about this loads because I think it was just so central to my experiences you know, control and perfectionism and pressure and people pleasing and all those things. Actually, they didn't ever really serve me, but they only really impacted me. And then suddenly, you know, in motherhood, I think, well, I know what it's like trying to take those into motherhood because it doesn't work in my experience. And you get really stressed and really overwhelmed and really just you're white knuckling it. And so I think, yeah, it's just so powerful hearing you talk about that shift into just controlling less and softening more. What have you sort of learned about when that need to control comes up? I mean, I know it does for me all the time. Like most days there'll be that moment where I'm like, oh, I just want this to be different or I want it to be a different way or I want to do it this way. What do you do when that sort of comes up for you today? I mean, I'm not going to lie. I find it hard still. That's definitely my central tendency and I have to fight against it. I think the thing that helps me is grounding and continuously grounding through my week. So things like meditation or things like journaling or exercise, giving myself like lily pads of space just to get some perspective on things. So I'm not racing from thing to thing to thing and almost being owned by the external around me. So I have a lot more distance between myself and that. And then just letting things go, you know, you can't do everything. You can't do all the things that you love to do. And there's a whole list of to-dos I would love to do in my day, but you just have to pick the ones that matter the most to you. And yeah, I'd love to feed my kids like super healthy meals. And some days we just don't do that. That's just not what's going to make us all have a happy, harmonious family life on those days. And I have to let it go. And I think as part of this control shift, I've had to be more okay with dropping the balls that just don't matter and just letting those go and not caring what it looks like as much on the outside and instead thinking 
I think you've said this a lot before, but thinking about how it feels for me on the inside and how it feels as our family and what matters to us. And I've lived so much of my life not focusing on my values and not considering what matters to me and just being governed by other people's or society's values, just pushing forward on that path because I never stopped to think about, well, what's my actual values? And therefore, how should I live my life and what is success for me? So yeah, it's about getting space from things. It's getting perspective and it's about just letting some stuff go. What are some of the stuff that you've deprioritized or let go or that you used to think were important and now you're like, oh, this doesn't even register? I... I'm a lot kinder to myself about how I'm showing up for friends. Like I used to want to have the cards sent to the <laughs> the birthday presents bought. That doesn't always happen, but we'll try and get a luncheon or, you know, something just to catch up and be there. I think in terms of food, I could be quite restricted about what I was eating and eating super healthily. I'm a lot more forgiving about what just works in the moment. In terms of a big thing probably for me has been around work. I had a massive corporate career that really filled me up in ways that I I thought it filled me up and I realized how hollow it was and I've let go a lot of that external ambition to focus on what matters to me and I'm still ambitious and I still want to push forward but it's not in the same way so I've let go of maybe some people's judgments around how I'm now living my life or what I define to be successful for me that's been a big thing what family members think as well we definitely parent differently to our parents and we have different priorities to them and it's sitting with that and being okay with comments by and large they're they're great but you know just people seeing you do something different one example for example is our child we're sending him when I was in my control phase at work I thought he was going to go to a sweet little prep school that was it would get him into all the right clubs and the right social circles and everything that's gone out the window And for us, it's around, we're sending him to a progressive outdoor school that's in a forest where there's no homework. It's only four days a week. It's just completely different to what other people might see as, it's what different to what every other kid on our street's going to do. And it's hard to sit with that sometimes, but when you know that this aligns with your values, that then becomes the right thing for us. So I've had to let go of a lot of judgment and just sit with that. It's a massive shift, isn't it? What you're describing is really big from sort of living, I guess, that more well-trodden path, you know, of like successful corporate career and, you know, all the trappings of that. And to now be thinking about what's really important in a completely different way is a huge shift. What helped you make that shift? What are some of the things where you worked out, okay, this doesn't feel right for me anymore. This does, this doesn't, this does. How have you done that switching to what really matters? This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stresses, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. And therapy is a space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. Therapy is just an incredible, safe non-judgmental space. I absolutely love it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule, which I think as busy mums is what we all need. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash motherkind today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash motherkind. 
I was working intensely long hours when I went back after my son. And I ended up getting diagnosed with lipedema, which isn't a life critical illness, but it's a genetic condition that means that you put on a lot of weight if you're not super careful about your diet and your health. And I realized that working the five days, the long hours, having my child, and then having this at the back of my mind that I needed to look out, I suddenly medically needed to look after myself. It was a massive jolt really to making me think, okay, well, what's important here? Like, I can't do all these things. I can't look after my health. I can't show up for the connections in my life. And I can't be there five days a week and work an intensive role. And there was a big jolt that shook me and it it had to go. So I did, I tried to resign, but I ended up agreeing for three days a week, actually, that worked really nicely. But that then gave me the space to then find, okay, well, what can work for me? And when I looked inwards, you end up it's not the cheesy values that you think you might have, like kindness and, you know, all those sorts of things. It was the things that mattered to me, which is about connection with my family. It was about self-care. It was about personal development, like real personal growth, which is sort of separate to my career ambitions, but it's about growing me. It was about doing something fulfilling, showing up authentically. These are all the things that kind of bubbled up for me. And once I saw them, it's really hard to unsee them And it encourages another one. It becomes courageous. It almost isn't courageous to follow them because you have to, I felt like I had to because I couldn't live any other way. And just getting true with that. And when I feel like when I have to make a decision, like around the schools or around what I'm doing next in my career, if you flow them through those values that you now know that you have, it's made decisions so much easier. And it's much easier to hold boundaries because now I know, I know what matters to me. And it makes me a lot more confident and clear about where I'm going next. And you can shut up the noise of the judgment or the comparisons because I know a lot more wholly what my values are. I experience the same. I also really link guilt and values. And Dr. Becky talks about this amazingly as well, that actually if you're doing something in line with your values, there is no guilt. Then the guilt is that you're taking on other people's expectations of you and that might be society that might might be people that you've never met so I think knowing our values as mothers is just like I think they should teach that at NCT not you know some of the other stuff that gets taught or maybe they should add it to the curriculum because I think when you know that it really 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 can drown out a lot of the noise it can alleviate a lot of the pressure can't it it can reduce a lot of the guilt how did you work out your values I know that when I coach someone or if anyone joins any of my programs, we always work out each person's values, but I've never worked with you in that way. So how did you work out your values? What tools did you use that people could maybe do themselves at home? I use journaling a lot. I journal morning and night if I can, Um, definitely always at night to work out what is going on in my head. What's mattered to me in that day? What have I found difficult What have I learned? What am I grateful for? And through looking at that, I've definitely gathered a lot of information on it. I've worked with coaches before who've supported me on my values and just discussed with them what's coming up, what worked for me in situations, what lights me up, what did I feel good at in my job, what did I really enjoy? In the last couple of years, I've done a lot of work with therapists just to really dig into a lot comes up when you're when you have a child around your family and around everything that's come up you know the parenting that you received the compassion that you then now feel towards your parents I've done a lot of work with therapists where coaching 
took me on a journey and then I just wanted to delve into specific parts. So that's been a massive impact on working it out. Yeah, just a lot of inward soul searching and chatting with people around me and, and you gravitate a bit more and I become closer to people who are vulnerable and who are open to sharing their values. And I'm lucky that my husband enjoys talking about this sort of stuff. We've spent a lot of time just checking in on ourselves and working out what matters. You're lucky. My uh, guy is sort of over it at this point at my introspection. And (laughs) (laughs) he's like, Zoe, not everything has to be this sort of coaching session. But it's honestly, it's just the way that I think. I just seem to think in terms of, yeah, it's so mad. Everything in my life, I'm like, what's the lesson here? Why is this happening? What do I need to change? And Guy will say to me sometimes like, Zoe, it's cool. Just, you're all right. You You don't need to analyze everything. But I think, you know, I think there is such a power in journaling. And I think it's the best free resource that we've got as mums because it's free and it takes very little time. And it does you know, that ticker tape mental load of everything that goes on in motherhood, you know, you talked about triggers with your own family, questioning work, questioning relationship. I mean, it's just everything gets thrown into question, doesn't it? You know, having a coach or a therapist is incredible. It's also a real privilege and it's not accessible to the majority of people. So I think journaling is just such a great way to get that stuff out of your head and onto paper. How do you do it? Are you free writing? Do you do set questions? Tell people listening so that maybe they could feel inspired to give it a go. Yeah. So in the morning, I tend to free write. I tend to do five, 10 minutes of meditation and then just free write what's on my mind. Maybe even for two or three minutes, five minutes, not too long at all, just to see what's coming up for me. And then in the evening, just before I go to bed, I tend to do a more structured journaling practice and I switch it up. I keep buying different books and quite enjoy like the different questions that come up. My current book, I think the questions are what went well for me today? What do I want to offload? You know, what was a bit rubbish about it? What have I learned? What am I grateful for? And then there's a kind of random question at the end, which is different each day. And I'm just really enjoying doing that. And actually it's really lovely to even if you've had a rubbish day, you've often learned something. You're often grateful for something. There often has been good things in the day. And some days I've actually sat there and thought, oh, I don't have anything that's not gone well today. But then actually when I start writing, I then can't stop writing. and I've got loads of things that are on my mind that were sort of buried underneath other stuff that's happened. And I feel like it just helps me decompress and I just can see my thoughts on a page. It gives me some perspective on them. And I find it very difficult to look at myself from within myself. I need to almost get it onto a page to then reflect back at myself. And it's just been an incredible tool. And I do find every night I think, oh, do I have to do this? Oh no, okay, fine, I'll do it. And actually then I feel really great for doing it. So um, it's consistency. It's hard to just push yourself to do it. It's a bit like the meditation. You get a bit bold and you think, I don't need this. I can survive without this. But actually a day is fine, two days maybe. And then you start like the sort of wheels come off a little bit and um, everyone around me starts to feel the impact of it. It's true. Like with journaling, I genuinely have to write, dump something on a page to know what I really feel about it. I know that sounds crazy, but that is my experience. And like, then I'm like, oh, this is what this really is. Yes. That's how I feel about it. I also find that the most important stuff is buried under a load of crap. And if I don't sort of mine for that little jewel, I just find myself lost in all the crap that doesn't matter, actually, really easily. That's what occupies my mind. 
Whereas actually when I do what you're doing, which is, you know, just sit down and write about the day or whatever, and it doesn't take long, then that's when I can, yeah, I can really find the important stuff there that matters. And yeah, I feel like it's such a good, good, good tool. I would love it if everyone listening could maybe give it a go tonight or tomorrow, just maybe one of those questions, like what I've learned today. You know, even if you're a bit skeptical, just try, I always say, try something for a couple of weeks because I don't, I don't know anyone that wouldn't get benefit from trying that for a couple of weeks, really. Mm, and I've, I think I got my first journal, I think it was in the springtime of 2016. So it's been a while now that I've been doing it. It's been seven years. It's just been an amazing, yeah, like you say, an amazing tool. And I do wonder if there'll be the me in 10 years time will look back and think, wow, you had a lot on your plate. You know, it was hard with two small children. And I'll get a lot more perspective on that as well on my life. Mm, I'm sure. I'm absolutely sure. But that's what it gives you, isn't it, really? I think it gives perspective. That's why I do journaling for that perspective. Because otherwise, yeah, I just get lost in all the crap that we have to think about all the time. (laughs) And it's none of it's really that important. That's the thing. It's just like, it's not that important. And just, yeah, getting it all down on the page helps me to sift through it. It's almost like we bought for the girls at the beach, this thing where you put the sand in and then you shake it and it just leaves the rocks. Do you know what I mean? It's like a sieve, but for sand. Like a gold pan almost. (laughs) Yeah, That's it. That's it. That's what I think journaling does. That's what I think it does. I think it slips out all the sand. Yeah. Leaves the important stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, well, I've loved connecting and chatting and I think you've just re-inspired me. I've not journaled for a couple of days, so you've re-inspired me to get on the journaling today. And I would love to ask you, what's the one gift that you would give to all mothers in the world and, and why? Yeah. So the one gift I would give is a magical remote control. And when you press this button, press the pause on it specifically, it would stop all of your shoulds, all of your coulds and all the noise that you have in your life saying you're not good enough. And it would just give you a moment of calm and it will allow you to look inwards and it allow you just to see the peace within and just know that you are good enough. You've got this. You can trust yourself. And that you have choices and that you can move forward with kindness. And I think it's that pause often that it's so hard to get in the noise of childcare and everything else that's going on in your life, that it's so valuable to stop you beating yourself up and to know that you've got this, you can go do it. Oh, that's beautiful. Gosh, imagine, imagine if we could invent that, wouldn't that just be unbelievable? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think journaling gets us a little bit there, doesn't it? It does get us a little bit there with that perspective and that confidence. Oh, well, thank you so much, Alex. Thank you for being, you know, such a gorgeous part of our community. And thank you for your time this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. That was the episode. I hope you really loved it. If you feel inspired to want to share your story, then please do get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. Just email Angie at motherkind.co and we will get back to you. And just a reminder, we will see you back here on Monday for our short moment clip where we share a tool, a concept or an idea in under 10 minutes that will definitely help you have an easier week. We will also see you back here on Thursday for our in-depth expert interview. And I'll see you on Friday for another community episode. Thank you for being here. Have an incredible day. I will see you next time. 